So, great to have you guys here today. Today, we're in part eight of this Abundant Life series, and it's called The Gift of Giving. The Gift of Giving. God has given people gifts, right? We know that. God's given people gifts. He's given uh, gifts to believers and unbelievers alike. And Paul, writing to the Romans, speaks about this. And in Romans 12, 6 to 8, and we're going to look at verse 13 as well, but in 12, verses 12, 6 to 8, it says this, we have... Sorry, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is, encour- if it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give Generously. That's where we're going to camp most of today. Okay, this gift. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And then there's a whole bunch of verses which are kind of, it's a verse almost talking about each of them. And verse 13, we'll just look at, speaks about giving. And it says, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice Hospitality. It's an interesting study to go back and look at all those other verses, sort of 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14, 15, I think. And so Paul here, he's writing this verse, verses, to the Romans, to the Christians in Rome, and he's reminding them that they are a body, that they've all got different gifts, that God has made them different so that they would function together and that they as a church would reflect Christ to the world. Giving is a core way we can reflect the character of God to the world. You don't need to have the, be like, oh yeah, I've got a special gift for giving. Just know that giving reflects the character of God to the world. When you go up to someone who doesn't know God and you just pay for their meal and they're just to bless them, speaks to them. What on earth is this person doing? Why are they doing that? Giving reflects the character of God. And so today we're going to be speaking about this gift of giving. I just want to start now by just talking about these Roman 12 giftings, that they are different from the gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of the Holy Spirit, which we see in 1 Corinthians 12, they're completely different gifts. Those gifts are are gifts of the Holy Spirit that are given to someone else through you, right? You can't just do them. You can't just, it isn't you. It's not in you. The quest, so these gifts are part of you. It's how God's wired us to be. It's natural within us. The question is whether we operate in these gifts empowered by the Holy Spirit or in the spirit of the age. Because we'd say there are amazing leaders right out there who aren't believers and there are amazing leaders in the church, but some are, follow the lines within the Bible and are empowered by the Holy Spirit and led by the Spirit. Some don't. Many people who have that gift of leadership out in the world and in the church, how it works out and how it functions is completely different. Statistically, to do with giving, statistically 15% of people feel that they've got this gift of giving. Our vision as a church is that we'd be a resourcing church, that we'd be a church of givers, right? So I, 
as I was prepping this, I feel that actually that percentage could well be higher in this church. Today, what we're going to do is look at some practical foundations that we need to have in place anyway in our lives to become healthy givers. So it's important for all of us, but particularly those of you guys who are feeling, actually, I feel like I've got this gift of giving. They're so important that you begin putting these things in place. It's so important that we begin to see this gift of giving get aligned correctly in our lives. And then what we're going to do is end by looking at ways that we can recognize the gift of giving in yourself and then also in other people. And how as a church we treat people who are big givers. Even if you don't feel like you have the gift of giving, it does not mean you don't give. Okay? Same with all these things. Oh, actually, I don't have the gift of serving. I'm not going to serve. I don't have the gift of giving. I'm not going to give. No, we're all called to give. We're all called to give. We all have all of these Roman 12 giftings in various degrees. It's just what tends to happen is we've got one or two of these giftings which we're strong in, which we major in, that the other gifts flow through and function through. So, for example, someone with the gift of mercy... Someone with that gift of mercy just loves to help people, see people, see, see the poor and care for the poor. Maybe their giving will flow through that. So they just easily give abundantly to the poor, but not necessarily to anything else. But maybe as well, they couldn't run a mercy outreach. They couldn't run a mercy ministry because they're really very weak in, on leadership. Others have that gift of leadership. They may lead well, but they may also have this amazing, strong gifting in mercy. And so that we begin to see incredible, incredibly led ministries which are strong in mercy, like Jackie Pullinger, amazing ministry. Heidi Baker, amazing ministry, strong leaders who've got this amazing mercy heart. Other people function more in that gift of giving so that they just love to give extravagantly and can. God, they may be saved. For 20 years, they've got investment funds and retirement funds and houses, and they've been diligent with how they've done it. And God says to them, I need you to give everything. Think on that. You've saved for 20 years, everything away. And there are people who've done this, everything away. And they can because they've just got this amazing gift of giving, and they just give it all away because they know that God rewards a giver and that he will restore that they are a steward, and at the end of the day, that is all his. There are those with the gift of giving, and they've got this gift of teaching. And so they just see these amazing opportunities all the time to teach people through their giving. Opportunities to practically teach people through generosity. Or sometimes that just that heart for, for evangelism. And actually their giving is just employed in evangelism, constantly just going around giving so that people would just see and ask, wow, what's happened to you? And they can share their gospel. Also, you know, not everyone with the gift of giving starts in a super strong place. They maybe got a heart for giving. You know, before they were a believer, they haven't, they haven't always been a believer before they were a believer but they still had that heart for giving but maybe they were approaching giving from a wrong heart or a wrong motive like any gift 
giving needs to be developed. And then with giving, there are some practical foundations then that we're going to look at that we make sure that we're doing. So big idea is giving's a gift that we develop through diligence, wise decisions and faith. It may be today that you're sat here and it really resonates with you and it's your main gifting. And, you're, and you feel very excited by this. Really excited by talk about giving, giving your stuff and your money and your time and everything away. You're like, yeah, I love this. It connects with me. Maybe it is your main gifting. Maybe it isn't. Regardless, it is something we still need to develop and lay good biblical foundations in. So some of this today is going to touch on a few bits that we've already mentioned. So we're all called to be givers. So let's go into the practical foundations of a giver. One, let's, this is very practical. Get out of debt. Get out of debt. It's hard to give if you've got no money to give, right? Get out of debt. Romans 13, 7 to 8 says, Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honour, then honour. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. We need to get out of debt. It's an important one. That's a prison. It's a prison. It's horrible. If you've ever been in debt, you know that. You know, personally, whilst I have a credit card, Jess and I never view that as anything apart from mirroring the stuff in our debit account. We wouldn't want to. We wouldn't spend stuff in there if we don't have it in our debit account to pay back. The thing is that often people end up getting into debt because they're spending more than they're making. Right? They spend more than they make. The reality is to get out of debt is not difficult, but what it does take is a willingness to change lifestyle, a willingness to cut back. Because if you're in debt and you're in a place where spend a load on, I don't know what the thing is, whether it's um, going out for nice meals or buying, buying loads of clothes or something like that, but you're still in debt, it means you don't take debt seriously. But something that givers do is givers take debt seriously. Givers take debt seriously. So the truth is, and it's not always the case, sometimes people are in debt for reasons very much outside of their control and they're trying their best to get out of it. And if that's you, come and chat, let's talk about that. But for, for many people in debt, particularly in the developed world, the truth is that all those things that put us into debt re regarding our spending, they're often self-focused. The pleasures and the wants, the, not the things that aren't necessary. By cutting back and downsizing, by paying off the debt, you'll find that you gradually move into a place where there isn't that shadow of debt, where there isn't that shadow of lack, but one of abundance. You move into a place where suddenly, actually, you can give. You can give. I'd also encourage people who are in debt, and we spoke about this, I think, in the First Fruits series, but even if you're in debt, it's good to tithe. It's good to tithe. It's a good, solid financial principle. You know, the reason usually for being in debt is because you haven't had solid financial principles in your life. You haven't been doing that. 
the foundation for good biblical financial management is the tithe. Why would we want to wait to start doing good financial management till later? For me, it's completely illogical. That's why I shared the story. When Jess and, Jess and I were in debt, that's when we were challenged to tithe. That's when we started tithing. That's when what led us out of debt. That there's those truths about the first blesses the rest. The, the tithe is that act of faith saying, God, I trust you, that you're my provision, that you're my abundance, that you're my way out of this thing, not money. I say again, if you guys, if someone here is in debt and would like to chat about all this, chat about debt and moving out of debt, message me. If you if you struggle with that concept of tithing under debt, like come message me. Let's chat about it. Okay, I know it's counterintuitive. It seems bonkers, but it is the upside down kingdom. It's a challenge. How serious are we about obeying God with our finances? How serious are we about obeying God with our finances? Because there's that thing of being content to sit in debt isn't in alignment with how with God's best for us and our money, with God's best for us and the stuff that he's called us to manage. We are stewards. We're stewards, aren't we? We're stewards of kingdom resources. Everything you have is his. That's that prison. Anyone who's been in debt knows how much of a prison debt can be. One of the greatest things of becoming debt free is that just that, that it gives you that incredible freedom. It gives you that freedom as well when God calls and speaks to give that the money is there to give. God is looking for stewards. God's looking for stewards and our vision as a church is to be incredible stewards. If God has done this work in our hearts about all those things that we've spoken about over this series, then we would never kind of try and find ways to scrimp on, on giving or scrimp on tithing or give an excuse why we shouldn't tithe or why we shouldn't give. Because it's all about our hearts, where our hearts are. When it comes to money, that is what it's always about. It's always about our hearts. Second point, guys, practical. Never manipulate others. Never manipulate others. Remember, love your neighbor as yourself. We've got to love people. Never manipulate others. God should never, sorry, givers, God should never manipulate others. He doesn't, don't worry. Givers should never manipulate others. Right? Givers should never manipulate others. Use their money to get people to do the stuff that they want them to do. Givers should never manipulate others. Others should never manipulate givers. Manipulation at its heart, being very blatant about it, is a kind of witchcraft where we really try and have a power over someone else to make them do the thing that we want them to do. That isn't godly. That isn't okay. And it's not loving. You know, Alarm bells, if ever I start, if ever I say, actually, guys, I'm going to preach on giving, then we're going to do an offering. Okay? Bad sign. Okay? You can come and challenge me in that. We always, always do an offering before it. So people never feel manipulated into anything. Be careful not to manipulate those you know are generous givers. 
and have the resources to meet your needs. Important thing for pastors as well, right? When we're moving forward and we know that there are maybe expenses and things we want to have, it's not okay. So easy to kind of drop hints, make them feel really sorry for you, you know? Try and make them feel guilty about your situation. Who is your source? Who is your source? Where does your provision come from? Where does it come from? Is it from that? Is it from them? You know, practically, it may come. From, it will come from that a person, right? But it's God, and if that person, that giver, is a real steward, they're going to hear and they're going to know, and they will give. God is the provider, not the man or the woman. What's the act of faith? What is that act of faith that moves this truth that God is a provider from our head down to our hearts? What's the thing that we do regularly and consistently where we get our hearts right with money? Where we know that actually it's not, our hope isn't in the money, but it is in God. What's it we do regularly? Tithes and offerings. It's giving tithes, isn't it? If we're anxious about money today, I'd ask, are you tithing? Are you tithing? So I know times in my life where we've struggled maybe with tithing. Actually, then I find I am more stressed out about money. If you're anxious about money, are you tithing? Are you trusting God to be the provider? The faith journey of that is tithing every week. Or sorry, every, depends when it comes in. Every week, every month, right? We need to walk in integrity around givers. That means that we never have hidden agendas, secret motive, what, hidden motives, secret agendas. That we go and start speaking to someone or making friends with someone and cozying up to people because they, they can provide and you're trying to get something from them. So when you start to view people as your source, you can easily fall into that trap of manipulating people to get people to give. God can get the money to you, if you need it, right? God can get the money to you without you needing to manipulate anyone. We can ask, we can be upfront and ask in love and give them complete freedom to say no, right? You can do that, but never manipulate, never manipulate. Here's an important truth. God is able to meet all of our needs. We've got to know that. God is able to meet all of our needs, but he will not if we're relying on manipulation. It's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. And the manipulative heart says, God's not the provider. I can't trust him to provide. I need to sort it. I need to make that person give me money. It's a lifestyle of mentality, lack, fear, and anxiety. Not peace, trust, and joy. Not peace, trust, and joy. Third point, giving destroys anxiety and fear. Giving destroys anxiety and fear. I think some of you guys who are giving regularly, you know what this looks like. You know what this looks like. See, when we get giving right, when we as a church really get tithing and what that does, and we get extravagant generosity and what that does, it isn't just our finances that get blessed. 
because we're being trustworthy stewards, it's a whole bunch of other areas increase as well. Anxiety, fear, worry, decreases. Peace, joy, rest, increases. Attendance increases within the church. So I know a number of times over the years, sometimes anxiety and fear can keep people from coming. Whereas in what is this? It's not, this, this is us coming together to worship him, to worship him. Serving increases. That joy-filled connection to God increases because we, we don't have all that stuff clouding our heads, clouding our thought space, clouding our minds. People who don't really understand teaching, and I get it, I get it, people, but people who don't understand giving, sorry, the giving, see this kind of teaching as horrible, because it can be seen from a completely different angle, as you're purchasing peace or joy. You know, if that is what I'm saying, that's terrible, isn't it? Give, and then you'll be peaceful. That's awful. That's just so, that, that is horrible. It's, it's manipulative in itself, right? It's terrible. But peace and joy, we can't purchase. But who purchased that for us? Christ. He brought us life. Our peace and our joy is rooted in him. It's grounded in him. The trouble is, much of people's peace and joy is actually grounded in their money. It's grounded in the stuff or their situation, the job and the circumstance that they're facing at the time. When it needs to be grounded in him. It needs to be grounded in him. It's about the heart. It's about the heart. Where is your heart? These things, peace, joy, a generous heart, a heart to serve, all that happens when people allow God to do a work in their heart. And one of the main ways that God does a work in our heart is through our giving, as we give. You may be anxious today about money, but Jesus says, don't be anxious for anything, doesn't he? He says, don't be anxious for anything. Don't be anxious for anything. Jesus isn't challenging us there for this test of will. You know, really bury that feeling, James. Bury it and just believe this. It's through tithing, through bringing the first fruits. It's that act of faith that impacts our hearts because so many of those things that we're anxious about are to do with money, are to do with our provision. And so when we're doing this act of faith, week in, week out, say, actually, Lord, my joy isn't going to be based on that. It's going to be based on you. And it's this physical outworking. It's this, it's this thing that, that impacts us. It's this act of faith that impacts our hearts and faith rises and peace rises and joy rises and anxiety, fear and doubt decrease. Why is that? Why is that? Jesus speaks about this, doesn't he? Matthew 6, 21. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There is such a link to do with our heart condition and what we're doing with our money, what we're doing with our stuff. When people follow God's principles, they bring the first fruits to God. Their heart follows, their faith follows, their trust follows. If we want to speak 
about fear and anxiety. Where does that come from? Where does that come from? Or joy, right? Where's that coming out of? Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. It's from the heart. It's from the heart. Giving is that constant faith medicine that keeps us in faith, that keeps us in peace, that keeps us in joy, surrounding the things that Jesus says, be anxious for nothing. And many of those things are to do with money. One of our core values as a church, we, I mentioned this earlier when I was speaking about giving to CCI. One of our core values we have as a church is love the local church. Right? It's one of the core seven values. Love the local church. Love the house of God in an area. Where is your heart? And that's one reason why Jess and I tithe and give offerings to the church. Not just because we're being obedient and following what it says in his word, but we love the local church. Our heart is for the local church. Our heart's for the local church. Our heart follows where our treasure goes. When we get this revelation for giving, we'll find that we want to serve more. We'll find that we'll give generously. The whole atmosphere in, in church changes, goes to newer and newer levels. Where people catch that revelation of generosity, of tithing, of giving. Let's go into this last point, recognizing the gift of giving. So sometimes we find it hard to recognize something in ourselves. So do each other a favor. And if you recognize this in someone else, go and encourage them. Go and encourage them. Let's have a think now about how, about recognizing this gift, what it may look like, what it may look like for us, what it may look like in others. And they may not be every, there's, I'm going to share a bunch of stuff. It may not tick on every single point. It may be, you think, oh, actually, that's an area. I feel called into this. I feel I need to actually improve in that particular area. People with the gift of giving are not bothered about being recognized. Not bothered about being recognized. They come to a place where it's not about having their name on a plaque and everyone knowing. Because they get that principle, right? That they would have their reward in full by the, the, the glory they'd be given from men. But actually they do it in secret. They don't need their name on a plaque. But they do like to be appreciated. A thank you goes a long way. Whilst the giver may have a lot of money... But not always, not always, remember the, the widows, the widows might. They are frugal, frugal. That means that, that they're very good with their money. They're not, they're not flamboyant and just spend loads. They're good with their money, but they're also generous. They're careful and mindful where the money's spent. The challenge for a giver can be that they are too frugal with themselves and their family. That actually they're super generous out there, but then that they're they're too frugal on themselves. So there's got to be a balance. Someone with the gift of giving can discern need, genuine need. Maybe you guys are like this. Can discern genuine need. When someone comes and says something, you know, oh, they don't really need that. But actually can discern genuine need. They can tell if someone is trying to manipulate them. 
It's trying to get them to give where there's something in, in them, in their heart, that just says, no, that's not, that's not the right place. God doesn't want the money going into that place. And that's a journey people go on as they walk closer with this gift of giving. Actually, and I don't have it in here, but this gift of giving can lead you into incredible places with the Lord, just in your, your relationship with him, because you're talking with him. You're, you're engaging with him the whole time about something very practical. You're speaking with him, not about something just spiritual, but that then leads you to go and empty your bank account. That's real. It's very raw sometimes, but challenging, right? Givers want money to make an impact. They want money to make an impact. Give to strong vision, clear objectives. That's why as a church, We've got a big vision. We've got a big vision. We want to see thousands of people saved and discipled across Hong Kong. We want to see churches planted around Asia. We want to see young people discover him and their destinies. We want to see people employed into the church so that it can grow, that they can be giving, that those who are called to full-time ministry can give their full-time to ministry. We want to see these other locations started around Hong Kong. We want to see churches, but also Bible colleges launched around Asia as well. We want to see retreat centers for missionaries and pastors established. A giver wants to invest into a stable ship. Give into a stable ship, not a sinking ship. They want money to be handled well and handled diligently and handled with care. Currently, 20% of our income we don't keep within the church, we give it out. It goes out in our tithe as a church and goes out in our offerings as a church. But wouldn't it be great? My heart, wouldn't it be awesome if we can get to a point where we're giving 80% away as a church, so that we can, we, we can function and run off 20%, but 80% of it can go out. You know, if our vision is to be a resourcing church, we've got to shoot for things like that and pray for things like that. We're going to places I believe that we're going to places because he is in control. A giver doesn't want to control their money after it's given. Even some people as a way of buying a seat at the table to have a say in things. But the giver understands that heart of giving has no intention of manipulation. Someone with the gift of giving doesn't want to be just a kind of a temporary fixer, just sort it out for a bit, but actually a problem solver that their giving brings results and brings change. It's also not just about money. A giver wants to give more than just money. Want, uh, the gift of giving leads people with it to give more than their money. They, they want to give their time. They want to give their talents. They want to give their wisdom. They want to give their experience. They want to serve. Often, you'll see that the biggest givers in a church are actually the biggest servers in a church. Some people love to speak about money the whole time. I, actually, I used to work in the financial industry, and it was a particular segment of that, maybe a shadier segment of that. No, it wasn't shady. It was all legal. But uh, a segment of it where the guys just spoke about money the whole time, the whole time. Literally, I have no, I have no memory of any other conversation that these guys spoke about. The whole time, they just spoke about money. Someone with the gift of giving doesn't want to talk about money the whole time. They're not money-focused people, even though they're good with it, even though they may have a lot of it. 
whilst not all people with this gift are wealthy, especially as they're kind of going on that journey, developing the gift and discovering it in themselves, often they do become wealthy because of the traits that come along with that gifting of fruit, being frugal, of management, of being detailed, of being a good leader, which we're going to look at in a minute. They, uh, givers don't like, I don't know anyone who would, but givers don't like to be, I guess, let's say misunderstood for their stewardship, just seen as these rich, as, as particularly the wealthy guys was rich guys and they just happen to have a lot and are put down and belittled because they happen to have a lot of money. I know none of us likes to be belittled, but the thing is, it can be infuriating because they don't see it as theirs. They don't see their stuff as their stuff. Across the globe, many people with this gift end up being the butt of jokes from, from the pulpit, which isn't okay. Yeah, they've been blessed abundantly. They've followed biblical principles. They've got nice stuff, but so often they can feel ostracized. Maybe leave the church or end up going to gathering together in certain churches. And then in a city or a community, people say, oh, that's the church where the rich people go. It's actually probably because they felt not felt welcome in the other places. Or they've gone to them where people don't know how to deal with people with the gift of giving and then end up feeling manipulated, even by the pastor, even from the top feeling unwelcome or, or used. It's crazy. It's such a shame. It's so sad because they have an amazing gift that just like someone with the gift of mercy or someone with this gift of serving or, some, or someone just with this <clears throat> heart of leadership needs to be developed and discipled, so do they. As we grow as a church, especially because of our vision to be a resourcing church, we're going to have more and more wealthy people coming in, fellowshipping with us, big-hearted givers. Some of you guys right here and now, the stuff that you're putting in your place right now, that will transform what your financial situation is going to be like in the future. And you're starting to give over and above now. Those of you guys who follow those financial principles that we've kind of laid out through this series will grow in wealth. That's just what happens. We need to make sure that people like that who are coming in are loved, that we love them well, that we help them become all God has for them, that we recognize who God has made them to be and disciple them in their giving and in their gifting. Often people with the gift of, uh, with the gift of giving, they're great leaders, they're gifted leaders. They run businesses, maybe CEOs or managers, directors. They're great stewards. And they've been faithful in a little, and now they're being, they've been entrusted with more, with true riches. They've been faithful with money. Remember, like it says in Luke, with the money, and are now trusted with true riches, people, souls. You may recognize in yourself some of these traits. If you recognize them in others, guys, please do go and tell them and encourage them in that. You may know that you've got this gift, but maybe you need to pick up in a, in a certain area and get better in a certain area, fan it into flame. I'll be vulnerable. For me, I feel like I do have the gift of giving, but actually I'm pretty horrible in accounting and I need to get way better at that. 
I do. I know. I need to. I need to build up the practical area in that aspect of something that I that I do, knowing the detail and everything. So maybe there are things like that for you that you're seeing. You're feeling actually. I feel this gift, but I can see I need to develop it. I need to grow it. And some of it's going to be more of a pastoral journey to do with that willingness to give in the heart. And some of it's maybe more practical. So guys, I would, if you're here today and you feel that, yeah, I, I feel like I'm called to this gift of giving, I would love to connect with you. And kind of after this series that we go on that journey of continued discipleship in that and growth in that so that you can grow and the church can grow. And as people come in with that, you can disciple them in turn. Guys, I want to just invite the worship team to come back up and we're going to go into a response time now just where we just get before God remember all of us have this gift of giving functioning in into to lesser greater or lesser degrees let's be praying for this culture of generosity to arise in the church more and more Let's pray for us as a church to get better and better at at giving as a church. I'd really appreciate that. Pray for me, guys, as I'm leading in that, that we would just be so on it with how we're hearing God, the ministries that we need to be giving into. Be open to God just now. Is he asking you to give something? Where is he asking you to give right now? If you don't tithe and you've got that issue with that, Just ask God for revelation on that. If you feel you're in a position where you can test him, I encourage you, test him in it. Remember all the the verses in Malachi? We should never give begrudgingly or under, that we feel kind of compelled to do so. We should always be giving cheerfully. Give cheerfully. Ask him to reveal the revelation of what tithing does and giving does in your heart if you're here today or you're listening to the podcast and you want to start this journey with God that you'd say actually I'm not a Christian I'm not a follower of Jesus I'm not a believer but there's something about I've been listening to the sermons and I want to follow this Jesus if that is you Just pray this after me and let's chat afterwards. Or if you're on the podcast, send us a message on the website. That's you. Pray this with me. Jesus, thank you that you have saved me. Thank you that you gave your life for me. That I could have eternal life. that I could be acceptable to God the Father. Jesus, I make you Lord of my life today. I choose to walk with you. I choose to follow you from this day forward. Amen. If that was you, just as everyone's eyes are closed, if you prayed that, can you just pop your hand up in the air? If you're on the podcast, please send us a message too. I'd love to connect with you.
I'm going to pray now, and if you want prayer, please have your hands just open flat in front of you, and someone will come around and pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, and Lord, I just pray that for this word, God, that whatever you've been speaking to each person's heart, Lord, that you'd just be doing a work in our hearts, God. Lord, I pray for the people who really feel strong in that gift of giving, Lord, that you would that you would lead them on to deeper places, greater places. Lord, I pray that they would be encouraged of where they're at, Lord. Lord, and I just pray for just the revelation of, I guess, your joy, Lord, of just giving and the peace that that brings just to come in and flood and fill this place. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you.